Audio on demand from Vision Christian Media. In the late 18th century, William Wilberforce was converted. Almost single-handedly, he broke the shackles of slavery. People there were just totally different. We are looking at the footprint of God over the last 2,000 years. Since the Roman legion destroyed Jerusalem in the year 70 A.D., the Jewish people have a nation of their own. And he said, well, no, Randy, we're not all just faking it. There is a living hope, and his name is Jesus. And I believe that that's really why you're here. Christ died for us. History Makers. Hi, and welcome to History Makers. I'm Matt Prater. Today we're speaking with Asumpta Venkatachalam, who has previously been on a great TV show on SBS called Christians Like Us. They basically got about 10 people from different religious backgrounds in Christianity and put them in a house together for a week and filmed a couple of TV episodes. Talked about some very hot topics like same-sex marriage and abortion and abuse in the church. And uh, I've had a chat to a couple of the guys previously. And one that I've really wanted to chat to is Asumpta, who is based in Sydney. It's great to have her on the line today. How are you doing, Asumpta? I'm going well. Thanks, Matt. Thanks so much for joining me today. I was really impressed with you sharing your testimony on the program. Uh, we'll talk about the show shortly, but let's hear a bit of your story. Where were you born and raised? I was actually born in Venezuela mm-hmm. to Indian parents. So I've got Indian background. And I moved to Australia when I was about eight. And I come from a Hindu background, a Hindu Brahmin background. I don't know whether you know very much about the caste system in in Hinduism, but Brahmins are kind of like the top caste. Um, they're the priestly caste. Mm-hmm. Uh, so if you think about kind of, uh, you know, the, the 12 tribes of Israel, they would have been kind of like um, either the Levites or the, um, you know, from the, the tribe of Aaron, mm-hmm. maybe. Mm-hmm. So, so um, yeah, so I come from good stock, as they say. Wow, okay. So but growing up in that kind of culture uh, yeah. in, in your family... Um, tell us what kind of religious rituals that kind of uh, you know that you had to take part in. Hindu culture or Indian culture is very different to Australian culture. In Australian culture, uh, there is a very very distinct divide between secular and religious. So you can go to a lot of you can go to birthday parties, you can go to housewarmings, you can go uh, look at you know you can um, you can have graduation parties, and it's not even remotely religious. Whereas in, in the Hindu culture, every type of milestone kind of event for, for a family or a person is marked by a Hindu ritual. Mm. So everything's very religious. Mm. So whenever a baby was born, we'd have a, a, a Hindu ritual. When the baby turns one, we have a Hindu ritual. If you want to do well on your year 12 exams, you go to the temple and you do a Hindu ritual. So it was pretty much incorporated into every aspect of our lives. Well, it's a, a fascinating testimony you have of uh, becoming a Christian after being raised as a Hindu. Tell us mm. about how that happened. I always knew that there was a God, um, but didn't really think that God could be known. And when I was 16, my dad, he's 45 years old, he kind of just dropped dead of a heart attack. And it kind of made me think, what's the meaning of life? Because around me I would see so much suffering, so much suffering. And I thought, if the meaning of life is essentially to, to live, to suffer, and then die, well, I'd rather just die now, to be honest. Um, I was in so much grief over his death, and I thought, um, you know, people would say to me, oh, he's, he's um, reincarnated, so you must feel better about that. And I thought, 
not really, uh, because first of all, he won't remember me or any anyone in his life, and secondly, what's what's the point of just being coming back over and over and over again? Mm. And so I thought, I actually made a promise to myself as a sixteen-year-old, and and that was to find the truth, no matter where it led me. And God has an incredible sense of humor because Christianity never even featured on that list of potential religions to investigate. Mm. Uh, I hated Christianity. I thought Christians were stupid. I thought they were dull. I thought that um, they they used their God as a crutch because they were weak and uh, couldn't handle life. And and I thought I would either go back to my Hindu roots or I'd you know maybe investigate Buddhism or um, New Age kind of spirituality. But what happened was that a friend of mine who'd been trying to tell me about Jesus since we were about 10 uh, gave me a Bible and she told me to read through the Gospels of Jesus. And I started reading through the Gospels of Jesus and I was actually, you know, it sounds a bit really silly actually, but I kind of fell in love. No one had ever told me about this man, Mm. uh, like the way I was reading about him in the Gospels. And I was just blown away by him. I was intrigued. I was attracted. I, was, I couldn't stop thinking about Jesus because he, he was just probably the most amazing person I'd ever met. Actually, I think I met Jesus through the Gospels. Mm. Uh, and he was, he was weird. He was weird in the sense that he was so... Um, he was the best person that I'd ever met mm. in terms of morality and in terms of the way that he treated people with his compassion and his love. And I was a massive feminist at the time, and I saw how he treated women, and I was just so attracted to that. Mm. And yet, on the other hand, he said that he was God. And I thought, if I met somebody on the streets who said he was God, I would think they were mad. I think they were nuts. And yet, he's this person who's the best person I've ever met in, in my life, who says that he's God. And I just thought, either he's crazy, he's lying, or he's telling the truth. If what I'm reading is, is accurate, it's either it's one of those three things. And I had to it took me such a long time because I knew the cost. You know, you know, there's this um story that Jesus says about, you know, the king who sits down and calculates the cost of building a tower. And uh and I had to sit down and calculate the cost. And it was a very high cost for me. It meant turning my back on my culture, my religion, my family and but I couldn't deny the truth uh, uh, that, that Jesus had died for me, he rose again, and that he actually calls us to give up everything to follow him. Mm. And so when I was about 23, I finally made that decision that I could not turn away from the truth anymore and that I had to follow Jesus, my Lord. Wow. And I love the way you explained that before, that you, you started reading the Gospels and you fell in love with Jesus. And, mm. uh, you know, you read about his life and the way he treated women, you know, what a beautiful explanation of, um, you know, coming to Christ. Some people, you know, they know the definite moment when they came to Christ. Some people it's a gradual thing. Was there a definite moment for you? I, the way I look at it is that God has been calling me in my entire life. Mm. And basically, I mean, the, if you want to pinpoint a time where I actually, you know, admitted it to myself, it was the 4th of February 2003. But I don't, actually don't know when I became a Christian because I think even after the 4th of February, 
you know, I, every about 10 years after the 4th of February, uh, 2003, I came to another realization. I realized I didn't really know Jesus as well as I thought I did. And so every year, every year, or every couple of years, I look back and I go, my goodness, was I a Christian? <laughs> oh, maybe now I'm, real, I'm truly a Christian. <laughs> and so it's kind, of, it's kind of like God revealed more of himself to me as, as the years passed. Um, and so I just think he's just been calling me, calling me to him. And every year I draw, a li- you know, I, my eyes are open just a little bit more so I see more mm. of him. And yeah. so what happened on the 4th of February? Was that like a, a, an altar call or a, 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 did you get baptized? Or, you know, what, what happened on that day? So I was, um, I, I, you know, I, I mentioned that I, I had, uh, was reading the Gospels and I thought, either he's a liar, he's crazy, or he's telling the truth. I can't, I can't figure out any other option. And a friend of mine said, you know what? Actually, uh, there's, a, there's a book called More Than a Carpenter by Josh McDowell. Uh, and he, he kind of addresses those exact points. Mm. So she lent me that book. And so at about midnight uh, on, the, on the, the 4th of February, I'd finished reading that book. And that book is a, a, an apologetic book. Mm. And it talks about, you know, what's the validity of the resurrection and all that kind of stuff. And I'm like, you know, I'm, a, I'm quite an academic sort of person. I go, oh, that's very compelling. Very compelling argument, Mr. McDowell. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, you make good points here. Uh, but at the end, he, told, told, he talked about his testimony. He talked about being a very angry person, being very angry at his father, and going to university and meeting these extremely irritatingly happy people. They, they irritated him. They annoyed him. And he went up to them and he said, why are you so damn happy? And, uh, and they said, well, we follow Jesus. And it, and it irritated him. <laughs> that was the answer. And... He, he decided to find out more, and he came face-to-face with Jesus. And in coming face-to-face with Jesus, he says it actually broke him. Mm. And all of that anger and all of that hurt came rushing out, and he realized that he was meant to follow this, this man, uh, you know, to eternity. And at that point, at midnight, I broke. Mm. So... I had all these wonderful apologetics um, explained to me, and I was like, oh, that's very nice. But I think I needed, I needed my heart to break in mm. order to become a follower of Jesus, and that's what happened at midnight on the 4th of February. Um, I read Josh McDowell's testimony, and I broke, and wow. I couldn't deny it anymore. And I wrote a letter, and I said to God, God, I believe that Jesus died, he rose again for me. Mm. And I'm petrified. I am so scared of what's going to happen to me. Uh, I don't know what my family's going to think. I don't know whether they're going to reject me, whether I'm going to have a home. Um, but I can't deny the truth. So please, God, please take care of me. And mm. that's, that's how I became a Christian. Wow. And what was it like for you going to church? Oh, that's, <laughs> that's a really good question. Um, so as you know, I spent the first 23 years of my life not being a Christian. And unlike a lot of Australians, I didn't even have that secular or cultural Christianity. Mm. So I didn't celebrate Christmas. Christmas was a nothing for us. Uh, I had no idea about Easter. So nothing. I had no Christian context whatsoever. So when I came to church, I was ju- it was a massive culture shock. And I'll be honest with you, I hated it. 
I hated church so much. Um, I, I, you know, church has a certain culture that a lot of Christians don't realize. Mm. And so there's a culture of how men and women relate to each other. Um, and I hope I'm allowed to say this, but I thought, I thought I'd been, you know, transported back into the 50s. <laughs> you know, as somebody, as somebody who, who, you know, modern person who considered them, I don't, I don't consider myself a feminist now, but, but back, th- back then I considered myself an independent woman, a feminist. And I went, I went to church and I was like, you know, I'm not allowed to talk to groups of men because women will look at me funny. Mm. Or everyone's 21 and they seem to be married. Mm. Or um, women don't seem to ask questions. Like, you know, like men will put up their hand after, after the, the talk and ask qu- clarifying questions. But none of the women seem to do it. Mm. Um, and, and so, uh, and everyone, and I, and I thought, everyone's so cheerful, like, <laughs> I'm naturally cheerful. Is this real? You know, I just, <laughs> I just couldn't get, my, I just couldn't get my head around it. And so, um, you look, and I think it's partly me and partly church culture. I, as a new Christian, I didn't know it was culture. I didn't know it was Bible. Mm. Uh, and so I thought it was all Bible. I thought that, that it, what, the way they behaved all came from the Bible. And I, uh, you know, and obviously I didn't know my Bible, so I didn't know that it, a lot of that doesn't come from the Bible. A lot of that comes from culture. So it was a massive culture shock for me. Mm. And um, and I'll be honest with you, I was on and off for the first 10 years of my Christian life. I was hurt by a number of Christians. And, you know, I, I that combined with my culture shock of, of church just caused me to run away from God for yeah. the first 10 years of my, my Christian life. Mm-hmm. But God just kept holding on to me. I, there were was, was so many times that I said to God, I don't want to do this anymore. I divorce you. You know, Gomer and Hosea, like, you know, I, I run away from you. I was, <laughs> I was Gomer, you know? Yeah. I just keep running away. And God was so faithful to me. Mm. And I hated God during those 10 years, but I just couldn't stop thinking about him. Um, and so I'd, I'd come back to God and then I'd run away and then I'd come back and run away. And, you know... Um, and he just kept holding on to me, mm. even even though I was so angry at him for making me a Christian. And ten years after that, you know, I he just kind of blew away all those cobwebs in my heart and in my brain, and actually opened my eyes to the, the to the faithful husband that he is mm. and faithful father that he is. And ever since then, I haven't looked back. You've been on this TV show, uh, mm. Christians Like Us on SBS, which had you know, a, a Mormon and, you know, there was an abortionist and there was a Pentecostal, a couple of Pentecostals in there and there was, um, you know, people with very liberal left-leaning views and some with conservative views. It was a very mixed bunch in there. How's your life changed since you've you've uh, been through this uh, interesting spirit, experience of being on this TV show? Uh, well, in terms of fame and fortune, very little. <laughs> so, <laughs> I, still, I still have to clean my toilet. I still have to, you know, <laughs> fold my clothes and, you know, uh, so very, you know, in terms of uh, recognition and, and things like that, like so little. And I, in a way, I'm very happy about that because that's definitely not why I went on the show. Mm. Um, I, went, I went on the show because I wanted to show the world what a Bible-believing, evangelical, Jesus-loving Christian looks like mm. that isn't a caricature 
that isn't a, a um, you know a bigot. You know, I wanted to show somebody what a normal Christian like you and me look like. Mm-hmm. So I think I did that. How mm-hmm. how my life has changed? Well, um, after I after I went on that show, I crashed. I crashed for about three months. I became very angry. I became very depressed, and I didn't know why. And people tell me that's a very very common thing to happen after mm-hmm. being on a show like that. Um, I I think when you go on a show like that, you come face to face with because you know as Christians we live in our little bubbles, right? Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. if you're a left leaning Christian, mm-hmm. um, you know you you live in your left leaning with your left leaning friends, and you don't get challenged. Uh, you only sort of see outside, but you don't you don't come face to face with it a mm-hmm. lot, and you know, I I came face to face with people who hate who 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 hate the Bible. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I'll just be upfront and say that yeah, they, yeah. they do not like the Bible. Um, Jesus is not their Lord, um, and uh, and that causes them to behave in ways that I just cannot reconcile Christianity to. Mm, so, mm. an abortion doctor, for mm. example, who I'll say it kills thousands and thousands of babies, mm. you know, who, who's proud of having decriminalized abortion in Queensland, you know, um, somebody who's a gay conversion activist who wants to, who wants to stop people like me from speaking God's truth mm. from the Bible. Mm. You know, there is a, a, a progressive Catholic in there who doesn't believe that Jesus existed. Mm. Um, and she thinks that my God is a God of cruelty and a God who is obsessed with blood and that, you know, me choosing Jesus over my family means that I'm cruel to my family, you know, mm. and that I don't love my family, mm. you know. So... When you when you come face to face with people like that, you have to figure out how on earth like how on earth do I deal with people like that? Yeah, you know? yeah. Um, and they're thinking the same thing about me. Mm. They're thinking, my goodness, this girl seems so nice, but what a bigot! She, you know, the gay the gay guy Chris was probably thinking, my goodness, she doesn't want me to have human rights. Mm. And Carol, the uh, abortion doctor, is like. Oh my goodness! You know, doesn't she lo- doesn't she care about women? Mm. You know, so like really confronting horrifying stuff, and and so how do you deal with that? How do you deal with people like that? Um, I I still haven't figured it out. To be <laughs> well, you know what? And it was the- it was pretty clear that the the SBS producers wanted to make the show very inflammatory and have people with very mm. different views on the show. And you know what, mm. I just want to encourage you, you, you really did shine in the program and oh, a couple you. of the other guys that, you know, love the Lord and love, love the Word of God, you know, they, mm. they were, you know, and, and I know there was a lot of editing going on, clearly, you know, um, but mm. no, you, you guys, you know, shined and you're a great witness and uh, I pray you. that many people have been impacted by that program and by your witness on there and by this interview today because you've been very honest and raw with us today. Uh, oh, so um, well done for what you've done. Our time is up. But, uh, Asumter, it's been great to uh, hear your story today. Thanks for sharing your testimony with us on History Makers. God bless. Thank you, Matt. Thanks for joining us on History Makers. If you'd like to listen to this interview again, just go to historymakers.tv. 
There you'll find links to Facebook, Twitter and Instagram. You can subscribe to our iTunes podcast or check out our YouTube clips. History Makers is a faith-based ministry and we appreciate all of your support. The vision of History Makers is to share the good news of Jesus all over the world. If you've got a suggestion of someone we can interview, send us an email, info at historymakersradio.com. God bless you. Have an awesome day. I'm Matt Prater, and why don't you go and make history? History Makers. History Makers is proudly sponsored by Bible League, who serve the local church and other partners around the world by providing Bibles, scripture materials, and training to help people meet Jesus. They provide God's Word to a lost and needy world. Bible League plants Bibles in prisons, among persecuted Christians, and in poor nations, bringing the love and light of Christ into many people's lives around the world. Make history today by joining our friends at Bible League and planting a Bible that will help someone meet Jesus. Go to bl.org.au. Station sponsor. Thanks for taking time to listen to this audio on demand from Vision Christian Media. To find out more about us, go to vision.org.au.